Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your mental health. I'm Bailey with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm Christy Edwards. I'm the Executive Director and a therapist at Centers for Children and Families. Hi, I'm Melanie Size. I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families. Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Melanie, Christy, and I are in the studio with Maddie West from Family Promise. And today we're going to talk about homelessness and what that means in the Permian Basin. Hi, Maddie. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. If you could introduce yourself and tell us what you do at Family Promise. Yeah, my name is Maddie West, and I'm the administrative assistant at Family Promise of Midland. Um, And so I kind of do a little bit of everything, Uh, work with the families, um, lots of administrative work. So a little bit of everything. And tell us the mission of Family Promise and what exactly you guys do in the community. Yes, so our mission is to end homelessness one family at a time. Um, And we do that through two programs. The first is the Midland Interfaith Hospitality Network. And with that program, we have different um, churches that host our families at nighttime. Um, And then during the day, the adults have to either work full time, go to school full time, or a combination of the two. And then we also have a transitional housing program where our families can enter this program after they do the initial program Um, and they can live there for up to two years and they pay program fees so it's not quite rent Um, it's a little different we call them program fees so you guys help families who are struggling with finding housing maybe who have just moved here or have been established here who have fallen on some unfortunate events Um, you guys help them get reestablished. yes exactly so sometimes it's um generational poverty, meaning they have been in a family that's just every uh, generation has uh, been uh, impoverished. Um, And so with those families, we teach financial literacy, um, teach skills that they may not know or even realize they could do. And then we'll also see families move here from all over coming for the oil field and then uh, getting laid off immediately or within three months. I just interviewed a family today, actually, who was dealing with that. So with those families, it's finding resources and kind of helping them get back up on their feet. We kind of, each family, we make a unique um, coaching approach for the families, um, help their unique needs. So while they're trying to find housing, they actually can stay with you guys, or how does that work? Yeah, so in our shelter program, um, this is at nighttime, we have um, 19 church congregations in Midland. It doesn't have to be a congregation, it can be any organization, but ours um, are all congregations who host our families at night from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And so while they're there, each family gets a private room. We only host four families at a time. Um, And so each family gets a room. There's a bed or crib for each family member. Um, And then the church provides a meal and activities for the families to do at night. Um, And then they wake up really early in the morning, head back to our day center, which is the family's home base. It's where they hang out when they're not at work or school, get ready for the day, um, do leisure activities. um, And then they start over at the church at night. So let's dive into the mental health side of homelessness. And let's start with some uh, factors that affect homelessness. And Melanie, if you'll give us 
just kind of the uh, what statistics show. And then, Maddie, if you'll just kind of chime in on, um, since you've been doing this for a while now and you have some unique experiences. So let's talk about the mental health side and how that really affects homelessness. Well, um, and what I have to mention is more unique, what's unique to our area. So here in the Permian Basin, we obviously, we all know we have higher uh, housing costs and higher cost of living in general. Um, you go to the store, food costs a little more, gas costs a little more than elsewhere. So uh, there's the factor of a lot of people moving here and not being aware of all of that. Um, nobody expects that they're going to pay the California rents here. Right. So it's uh, kind of a shock. Um, and then people that live here and have been living in rented spaces for a long time will see a significant increase at some point, maybe you were paying 800 and now you're paying double as much and you just can't afford to live there. So you either have to uh, get a whole lot of roommates or uh, find another place, or unfortunately some people find themselves without housing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of times families will come here from for the oil industry, for the higher paying jobs. However, um, although jobs do pay more, like Melanie said, the cost of living is also higher. Um, and then just the oil fluctuates so much. Many times the um, one of the family members gets laid off, and that's their main source of income. And so now they're not stuck in Midland, but they're in Midland with nowhere else to go um, and no job, and they maybe packed up and moved everything out here. So um, that we see that a lot. And that's a great segue into, Christy, let's talk about the expectation versus the reality of, say, newcomers to Midland who think, I can move there and make that. I've heard all the stories about Mm -hmm. all the great oil-filled money, but they get here and realize there's nowhere to stay. Right. So that is the expectation. We're going to go. We're all going to become rich. We're going to be able to buy new cars. We're going to send money money home, all those things. And, And just like Melanie and Maddie were saying, the, the, you know, the expectation is sometimes far from reality. Um, some of the homeless that we see here, it's not just connected to moving here with a job. It is like, you know, people that land here because they think that, you know, people are going to hand out more money on the street corner. And I think, you know, the reality is I, I don't have statistics, but I would bet a majority of the people that you see on the street corners are dealing with some type of mental illness because they seem to, you know, they'll kind of cycle around from town to town. You know, sometimes law enforcement will send somebody, you know, put somebody on a bus and send them to Abilene or Dallas or somewhere like that, and then they kind of work their way back around here. But what their hope is is that Midland is flush. People are going to be stopping, giving me at least $10, not just a dollar, you know, and, and then I'll be able to accumulate enough money to do something else, and yet that never happens because rents are so high. Mm-hmm. So they continue to be homeless, living on the streets. Some of the shelters only allow so many times, so many nights in a, you know, or so many bed only have so many beds, so many nights in. You know, you can't have a child over the age of twelve. You know, especially if it's a male child, things like that. So there's some very strict protocols, and that is, you know, they run into that reality as well. What are some of the most common mental health issues associated with people who are homeless? May I, may I just say one of the things is I think most of us have the idea in our minds because there's a little bit of a stigma that a lot of our homeless individuals have mental illness. But part of it is the, the part that we're addressing, I think, is how do people who are in homelessness, how do they develop mm-hmm. uh, mental, mental health issues mm-hmm. because of their situation? Well, it's, it's that whole hopelessness thing. 
yes. you know? So then they become depressed, anxious, you know, uh, you know, things like, how can I take care of my family? I can't take care of my family. What am I going to do? Maybe I'll just abandon my family, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and move on and try to find something. And if I do, then I can come back, you know, and <laughs> try the to world, rescue them. The world is better off without me. The world is better off without mm-hmm. me. So, you know, there's a lot of that. And, and once again, whenever you see people, you know, that are homeless, and not, not everybody that's homeless is on the street corner. Um, asking for money, but sometimes that is it, if, especially if you have a family to feed. So everybody just assumes that if you are capable of standing on that street corner, you're pa- capable of getting a job. Right. Go do day labor or whatever. Right. However, if you are you know, severely depressed, if you have trauma, if you have anxiety, anxiety things like right. that going on, you're not really in a place to do those things. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of caught up in this catch-22. It's very hard to bust out of. And a lot of our families that we serve at Family Promise of Midland are families that you might see at HEB um, in the uh, checkout line, and you have no idea that they're homeless. They're maybe not necessarily sleeping on the streets. They're sleeping in their cars. They're bouncing from friends to couch to relatives' couch. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's very tense because oftentimes when families are staying with a relative or friend, they're not allowed to be there because they're not on the lease. Mm -hmm. So things are already tense, and you don't have a bed. Um, And so it just creates a lot of stress and a lot of uneasiness. Um, And we consider homelessness a crisis. So in the same sense of a relative dying or a job loss, um, homelessness is a crisis um, constantly for these families. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, just doing some research. You you think homelessness, you think that's the people asking for money on the side of Mm -hmm. the road, but it's not. They're they're living with families. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of different types of homelessness that aren't always right right. yes and that's the families that we serve um are the working homeless who are truly trying to make a better life for themselves and their children but maybe they just can't catch a break or they just can't catch up on those bills right and i read um, just some stories from people who are homeless or were homeless and they said it's so hard because you can't plan ahead Mm -hmm. i never thought about it like that you can't you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow for your family or for yourself so exactly. I thought that was an interesting um, story that I came across. And what are some other issues, Maddie, that you have heard through Family Promise? What are some of the other struggles? Yeah, so I think uh, the main one is just cost of living. Um, the wages in Midland generally are higher. Even at a fast food restaurant, they might be able to make $12 an hour. However, that's still not enough to afford a two-bedroom apartment, which usually go here around $1,300, $1,400 a month, um, and that's on the lower end. Then you have to pay for child care, and if you're a single parent and you have three kids, you have to pay for their needs as well as your own, and so it's just really hard to catch a break. Um, and then a lot of times we'll, our families, in addition to their homelessness, maybe they have a trauma from their childhood or adult life that they've never addressed or given the opportunity to address because they're constantly trying to keep up with their finances in those um, situations. And so it just kind of adds on top of each other um, and just creates this constant stress level. Yeah, we've had people come in for counseling that will just say, this is the first time I've had the luxury of even admitting that they're, you know, that I am about to crater because whenever, you know, we're, for years of evolution, we have been trained to be safe first, 
be able to take care of our safety needs and you know that is air food water you know a place to to survive and not be afraid that you're going to be eaten by a dinosaur Mm -hmm. um or you know murdered on the street whatever so you don't get to have that luxury of saying i need help my depression is overcoming me my you know my situation my homelessness has created such hopeless feelings for me you know or maybe i already do have um a co-occurring thing you know maybe my homelessness is connected to my um, mental illness and now so, i can't afford medication and now i can't afford medication right. so let's talk more about that i know some people who are homeless one of the reasons is they do have an impairment or something mm-hmm. like that and they can't afford medication mm-hmm. how how can they possibly function i think that's where a lot of our nonprofit organizations mm-hmm. yes. like family promise come in and of course like centers because we provide uh mental health care on an affordable basis Mm -hmm. which is sometimes free Mm -hmm. depending on the situation Mm -hmm. um and so we you know we're very lucky in our area that we have so many places that we can all come together and sort of embrace people as long as they're aware Uh, that's the important thing is creating awareness uh, about these places yeah i think the collaboration between the nonprofits here really is um great um about having a mental illness that kind of led to homelessness. We have a mom in our transitional housing program right now, and she um, suffered from extreme PTSD. She was in an abusive relationship, um, and that just led to um, a lot of issues. She actually has a bachelor's of science in nursing, um, but she just couldn't keep a job. Additionally, she um, was dealing with child support, um, having to pay too much. So those legal issues of she was having to pay about $900 a month, even though they had the kids 50-50 between her and her ex and he was her abuser. Um, And so that's just a whole nother thing to stress about. And so she came into our program. I had never seen anyone more exhausted Mm -hmm. in my entire life just so not even concerned about herself just concerned about getting her family um, up to where they needed to be and so we were able to bring her into our program Um, she got counseling services legal aid helped her with getting that child support kind of back to a normal amount Um, and she is a completely different person now she's been able to get her medicine she can maintain a job now Um, she's a nurse and she's doing really great we all just need a little help sometimes and i've i've had the privilege of volunteering for this organization Um, i've spent the night with families and gotten to sit and have dinner and talk to a lot of times it's other ladies and I'm a single mom I can relate on a lot of levels and it really does give you pause for a moment to think but for the grace of of God go I I mean you can relate to their problems and know that you know we're all just we're all human. It's all the human condition. So there isn't anyone that's immune to some of these issues. Right. It doesn't discriminate. Homelessness can affect anyone at any it time. Can. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that people are. Oh, I'm sorry, Melanie. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say someone could have. Uh, someone could get sick in your family mm-hmm. and drain your resources. Mm-hmm. Or there are so many different ways that you could wind up in that position. So. Just go to the poverty level overnight, almost. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that what Midland does exceptionally well is whenever people come into our community or people are in our community of letting them know where to go Mm -hmm. you know there are some you know sometimes we'll say we're the you know best kept secret in midland but in reality people find us and i believe that there is that network that we've gotten out there that people know where to go 
And if we can't help, we're going to certainly find you a place. We're not right. going to just go, oh, that's not our problem. Right. We all you know, work together. We all right. do work together. So, we, you know, we try to be a referral source um, uh, to get them to the place that they need to be. Mm-hmm. And what are some tips, Christy, that you can give to someone who's experiencing homelessness for the first time in their life? Well, I, th- I think the thing that, you know, when, when we're working with people like that, we just have to say this is not going to last forever. So, you know, we try to instill in them, you hope. know, that hope for the future. And, you know, sometimes it's that projection. What do you want your, you know, when was, when you know, sometimes that's rejection, you know, uh, going in the back. It's like, when were you healthy? What was going on? What did that look like? This is a momentary stop in time. It's not really a stop. It's a pause, and we're going to get you forward. So let's always project yourself where you want to go. So that is whether, you know, that is having faith that is being connected to people that can put you in that direction that is if you need any of the resources in midland that you are connected to those and that you're being able to go forward and sometimes that is just like stay in counseling because we're going to be able to help you with more than just your mental health needs Mm -hmm. we're going to put you know kind of a a safety net under you and we're going to help you with many different things and that's what you guys do maddie you help build that safety net to make sure that they you can get out of this and you help them see that this is temporary. Right. So when a family comes in, um, we ask them what their goals are. Is Mm -hmm. it to get your GED? Is it to go back to college? Um, What do you want to study if you go back to college? Sometimes it's getting a certificate in something and just becoming um, a laborer, which is awesome. Um, Each family has their own needs and goals. And so when a family comes in, of course, we're immediately, you know, there's food and shelter. And so those basic needs are met. And then once that's kind of... Um, that's calmed down and the family's not in a state of panic anymore, we can reach out to what counseling do we need? What trauma has this family faced um, that needs to be addressed and dealt with now that they have the chance to kind of calm down um, because they have a place to live? Um, And then, you know, what other... counseling and other services within Midland can we use give this family that's great that it doesn't just stop at okay now you have housing exactly it was nice to meet you you know I love the open <laughs> arms concept right mm-hmm. just the fact that churches will come together and people take turns sitting and just on a person-to-person level enjoying a meal right with no shame no, no right. shame exactly. no judgment no condescension it's just we are we are together here as fr- as new friends eating together and that's it we don't need to ask about your situation it's just it's just a moment for everybody to have a little peace and enjoy a nice home-cooked meal it's great and i think whenever they're talking about the shame and the stigma we always take that and we say okay how can you turn that into a motivator you're ashamed because you found yourself in this situation that is no different than any of us finding ourselves in the same situation where shame is heavy on us Mm -hmm. so this is what you know so that when you can make that connection with them this just happens to be your thing Mm-hmm. This was my thing, or this was so-and-so's thing. So now this is what we do with that. So I think that that is very important, that when they come to that, that we don't go, oh, yeah, that's heavy. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, always think heavy. about, I know parents experience that, and then the weight's always heavy on you as a parent mm-hmm. anyway. But as kids, we've talked about this in other podcasts before, how kids are affected mm-hmm. uh, by that feeling of not having that and having to hide it, because mm-hmm. that's a whole other social Yep. level and I'm sure you guys have experienced some of that. Yeah I think definitely the the younger kids so preschool early elementary school don't quite understand um, and so they're still fun loving joyful um, kids it doesn't affect them as much just because they're younger but when you get into the preteens mm-hmm. and teenagers they they know what's going on and mm-hmm. it's a lot harder 
I know we had to drop off um, one of the boys at the high school for basketball practice in the morning, and we would drop him off about two blocks away from school, so that way he didn't have to get dropped off in the family promise bus, which I get. You don't want, you know, people to know what your family's struggling with. And so there's definitely the shame and the stigma, but I think it's important to realize, especially in Midland, that this family's just going through, like Christy said, a financial struggle. We all have struggles, and this just happens to be a financial thing. And so Family Promise in Midland really stresses financial literacy, and we do lots of trainings on um, finances. And it's honestly even educational for our staff, things that we didn't even think of. So it's it's a good program. Yeah, and I think what we have to do whenever they're the older, the preteens and the teens or whatever, is we just say, okay, so this is how you feel, and we're acknowledging that that's valid, that you feel that way. Right. Um, and we think that we'd feel the same way, but this is what we're going to do with that. Yeah. You know, so how Together, we, right. Yeah, this is what, and yeah you're yeah. not having to do this alone. We're mm-hmm. going to, you know, we're going to help you. And, yeah, it's just, once again, nobody wants to find themselves in this situation, and we wish it did not exist, but it's going to continue existing, and we're going to do the best that we can to help these families. Yeah, that's true. I thought that it would be interesting to kind of debunk some common questions associated with homelessness. The things that you hear people yelling outside of their trucks Mm -hmm. whenever they see homelessness, homeless individuals on the side of the road. So I think all of us can kind of chime into this and give a different perspective on some of these common questions. I think one, probably the most common question is, why don't they just go get a job? And that's a great question. Um, most our families, so our, our families call us. Uh, they get our number from many resources in Midland. But if a family calls us and asks for, um, you know, to get into the program, um, if most of the times the families do have a job. If it's a two parent, usually both parents, or uh, most of the time it's a single parent, and they generally do have a job. They just can't find that place to live. Um, if they don't have a job, oftentimes it's because they can't afford childcare. Um, you could work, you know, at a, a restaurant and make money, but you're just paying for your kid to go to childcare. Um, so it's just, again, that ability to never catch up. You're just constantly fighting and climbing the hill, um, even if you have a job. And I think that that's unique, really, to Midland right yes. now. Because a typical, not a typical, but maybe another homeless person you might see in a different city they might have an issue is like they don't have a driver's license or mm-hmm. they don't have an address to mm-hmm. use for work, which right. is required, mm-hmm. or they don't have access to a shower where they can present themselves to an employer, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that that's a great, unique perspective on Midland in particular because you're right. They have two jobs. Both parents are working. Mm-hmm. They just can't make ends meet due to the, the industry here. Exactly. I, mean, I just think if we all treated people with a little more human kindness yep. <laughs> yeah. across the board, is there somebody standing on the side of the road? Maybe instead of assuming that they could go get a job and do something, we should assume that there is a reason that they are not. Right. And, you know, if you can help, you help them. If not, you go, you know, you go on your way and you don't need to be derogatory. It's like anything else. I mean, you can't judge an entire population based on the actions of a few right so while there are some people that will take advantage of others that's in every other part of the world Mm -hmm. i mean there are people that truly need help and of course that's why we have these organizations and i think if you sat down with our families and had a conversation one you would find that you 
totally relate. They're just a regular person. Um, and the things they've experienced oftentimes in their life are just heartbreaking and trauma. And if you were dealt those cards, you might find yourself in the exact same situation. So I think it's important to not think you're better than anyone because you just don't know what other people have dealt with. Sure. I think it's extremely brave to be able to go forward and find help. Exactly. I think that that's that, huge. Right. It mm-hmm. is so hard to ask for help. I know I, it's hard for me, but right. it is so important mm-hmm. to, to your growth as a human being to be able mm-hmm. to make that connection. So it takes courage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another question, don't some people choose to be homeless? I'm going to say yes. There are some people who choose to be homeless. They prefer not to do the nine to five or eight to five grind. They prefer to um, enjoy um, drinking or using drugs. They don't want responsibility. They are happy with their life for whatever reason. And they might probably not be the ones seeking help. And they are right. probably you're right. I mean, they're probably not seeking help. I yes. don't want this to seem like a shame, like we're shaming someone no, for this question. No, no, no. But you know, it's. An, it's a question that a lot of people ask. Mm-hmm. So, And the families that we serve, um, we do have an interview process. And so we do try to weed out families wanting a handout. Mm-hmm. We say this, you, this program can help you if you help yourself. So the families put in all the work. We're just mm-hmm. there to kind of guide them on what to do. Um, so we, Family Promise, we don't accept generally families who maybe are just looking for it a handout mm-hmm. um but yeah of course there's there's yeah. always going to be people. everyone wakes up super early I yes <laughs> I mean, there's yes. no sleeping in for volunteers or anyone yeah get busy right at the crack of dawn yep it's- the families wake up at about 5 45 at the latest um to get on the bus to go get ready for the day um and so they're they're ready to go to bed <laughs> about eight o'clock right. it's a long day and and it's amazing because there's there's purpose in all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it gives them purpose, but it's also there are a lot of uh, guidelines that they have to go through. Yep. And you guys take them to jobs and everything? So we only provide transportation on our bus to and from the churches and to and from daycare. We do provide free child care for the families just to kind of take away that burden. But if a family doesn't have a vehicle, um, we will help them. We'll provide a bus pass for the easy rider here in Midland. Um, But we do help our families to... um, hopefully get a car because that's very necessary especially midland because it's such a wide area mm-hmm. um the bus you can take but it's not as convenient of course as having a vehicle mm-hmm. and if someone listening is experiencing homelessness or maybe they know someone who may be experiencing homelessness what is the first step to take to reach you guys yeah so the first step would be to call us um our number is 432 688-7710. Um, from there, we'll talk to the family, um, set up an interview if they qualify. And if they don't qualify or if it's not something that they seem interested in, we'll help them find other resources. Right. Um, just because Family Promise might not be the program for you doesn't mean we're not going to um, provide all the help we can. Um, but if they are interested, that would be the first step. We would get an interview scheduled um, and go from there. And if we wanted to volunteer with Family Promise, how do we do that? Yes, so you can, again, call that number or email our general email, which is F as in Frank, P as in Patty, M as in monkey, at 
familypromiseofmidland.com, and we can get you set up with one of our congregations. Um, Sometimes we'll need yard work um, randomly, So, but uh, the best way is to really get involved with a congregation. Uh, You don't have to be associated with that congregation, um, but just there to volunteer. Or if you have a group that's interested in hosting, if you have a company that has a facility or another um, group of any kind, definitely email us and we can get started on that. Well, thank you, Maddie, for joining us today. And thank you for everything you do at Family Promise. Well, thank y'all so much for having me. This was really fun. Center Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis and Abby Wiggum. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432-570-1084 or the Recording Library, 432-682-2731. Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msize at centerstexas.org. That's M-S-A-I-Z at C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot O-R-G. Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.